0: Okay, Boker Tov. We continue in Moed Khaton, We're on Tess Zion Amit Base. We're talking about the idea of, in Bovel, if uh, the uh, type of Nidui um, is for one day, that there was one-day uh, excommunications. So we're going to have a number of stories relating to the fact that, indeed so, there would be these one-day excommunications. We're in this topic of excommunication for a couple more days. Okay, once a certain woman was sitting alongside a path, a path that people were walking by. Well, she extended her leg so that it partially blocked the path, which would cause other people to have to walk around her. Okay, I don't know if there's homeless or whatever. I don't know what's going on over there. Anyway, so it's kind of an obstruction and she was winnowing hulled barley seeds so that's what she was busy with her winnowing and making people have to go around her eventually a young rabbinical student passed by and you'd figure she would put her leg back in so he wouldn't have to go around not so she did not defer to him She didn't retract her leg Causing him an inconvenience Amar So the student said He exclaimed How brazen is that woman So she heard A rabbinic student Give her a sharp comment So Asai commander of So after that, the woman comes before Rav Nachman to ask, "Did the student mean to excommunicate her by that comment?" I guess they were. <laughs> she was smart enough to know that that could be a language of excommunication, but somehow not smart enough to know to move her leg back before him. Anyway, Amar law, Rav Nachman said to you to her. Did you hear the students say the word shamta? Shamta is an, excre- is an expression of excommunication, like shamta, go shamta you, you know, like something like that. Did you hear him say shamta? Amra she said no. So then, shamta is a stronger is a stronger expression. That's the one you have to spend more days. If that's the case, so just conduct yourself as if you had a one-day rebuke, and that is enough. Okay, so we see again from this story that nezifa, a lowest level of excommunication, is um, not really excommunication. Was in It was only practiced for one day, so as to live in a rebuked state. Okay, and that's we're going to have a number of these stories showing this point. You see to what extent uh, people would, could get an, an Azifa. But it really showed that these people cared enough if, if they were uh, rebuked to to ask if there was a rebuke or not. Okay. Zutra Bartuvia, another person, Havah Kaposik Sidra Kamedera of Yehuda. He was uh, quoting Chumash Psukim before Reb Yehuda. Okay. La When he came to this Pasuk, and this is the Pasuk of towards the end of David's life. And these are David's last words of prophecy. And it's a short song where David speaks prophetically of his noble station and the divine inspiration of his tale. But here's the key point. It was Divrei David Achronim, David's last words. What does that imply? Uh-huh. It could have just said Divrei David. Yeah. Why does it say Achronim? So, so he says, Omar so the student who's reading the psukim, he says, So <mur-> Zutra Bartuvia Setter of Yehuda, Achronim, the fact that it t- t- Novi says this was his last prophetic words, Mechlal <mur-> de that implies it were first prophetic words so if that's the case what are those first prophetic words ok so Rashi maintains that this is prophecy ok and although David was inspired by Ruach HaKodesh know, there's Ruach HaKodesh and there's Nevius those are two different calibers but nowhere else does it say that David said Divrei in the context of prof, prophetically so Zutra wonders why this verse implies that he did doesn't seem to be anywhere else you have that okay so that's the question what were the early what's the earlier prophecy he asked the Rebbe Shasik Omer Releval meeting. was silent didn't say anything now I guess if he's silent we'd assume he didn't have an answer well the student gets a little testy Hudur Emile Zutra Bartovia said again to Rabbi Yehuda. Their last words, that's what it said. de implying there were earlier words. And Rishonim and what are the earlier ones? In other words, he's repeating the same question after the Rebbe did not answer him. So the Rebbe takes a little affront to that. so the Rebbe said to him, My da'itra, what are you thinking? Perusha the Lav The one who does not know the explanation that Pusak is not a great mm-hmm. man in wisdom? You know, like what's going on over here? So Zutra Partuvia thought the Vyuda did not initially respond because didn't understand the question. Zutra therefore repeated it. Vihuda thought Zutra was aware of his inability to answer the question and he repeated it in order to give him a, a zetz over there. So he says, Am I no longer a sage in your eyes because I can't explain a pasuk? Oh, so what did the uh, sutra uh, feel? Yoda Nakat milsa So sutra understood that Rabbi Huda, what felt hurt. Nohag He conducted upon himself a one day rebuke. Another proof that there's something called Nazifa in bavel, and it lasts for one day. Stop, that's that story. But now, once we come on to this, the Gomorrah says, well, so what's the answer? I mean, that's, we brought the story to bring the point that Nazifa is one day in Bovel. But now that we've stumbled, this is how you just stumble from one idea to the next idea to the next idea. We were dealing with mourning, but we've just totally gone, gone <laughs> off the rails there. Udaos and Alos and now says well now that we've uh, come to this story you know Mia, anyway so Taka Achronen the fact that it says these were his last words Meklau the Ikeri that there were some earlier words so let's Taka try to understand ourselves my Mahi what were those earlier words? So the answer is this is when Shol HaMelech, um dies these are the words that David spoke of a song on the day Hashem delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hands of Shaul. Okay, <laughs> so he's thanking Hashem for saving him, uh, and therefore, it's uh, this is almost the same as Tehillim Yud Ches. Okay. So that's, that was that earlier one Because it says Vayidaber David He spoke So that was the first one So now But Hashem Took a little bit of uh, Reacted to this <inaudible> Hashem said to David In reaction to the song Now David's song Immediately precedes The verse we are now discussing We now reports God's reaction to the song which allows us to interpret David's last words in a way that obviates the aforementioned difficulty, which is now. Remember, it's a song he said, "Get away from his enemies and from Shaul." So Hashem says, "David, shira Ta Omer sosho David, are you saying a song on the downfall of Shaul? Now, the commentaries say he did not sing about the downfall of Shaul, but he thanked Hashem for his own salvation. That was his point is, but Hashem is saying, "But you're kind of uh, making a dig at Shaul that you saved him." So, but what he, but so it seems. like he's saying, "You he saved me from Shaul." You know that something a little better about David than about Shaul, so to speak. This isn't a very unusual um, um, reprimand. He says, "Il mole for who David." If we would have flipped the script. If you would have been shaul and he would be you, okay, I would have destroyed many Davids before him. Okay, what does that mean? What does that In other words, shaul I killed once, <laughs> so to speak. You, I would have killed you many times. Now this is obviously metaphor, but what he's clearly saying is don't think you were better than shaul this is fascinating. Look what it, look what Rashi says. Yeah. Were it not for your respective fates, your mazalot in other words, the way Hashem made the mazalot it's what Hashem did, not just the constellation on its own, but the way I predestined things in a certain way. You would have fallen before Him, because He is more righteous than you. It was the royal plan that David found a royal, the divine plan that David found a royal destiny. He was the less deserving of the two. David was permitted to survive Sha'ul. Okay, in other words, Hashem gives people certain destinies. Now, what does all this mean? Well, to make it as simple as possible, Hashem had always, want, it was from the beginning of time, so to speak, that the king of Israel would be from David and would come from David that was Hashem's plan also part of the plan is that Sha'ul would be king temporarily before David that was the divine plan so that's what we're calling the Mazel so to speak Mazel meaning this was all part of God's plan and this is in the greater scheme of things because Sha'ul is a descendant from the family of a, a child of Rachel Okay, and David is a child descendant of Leah. So the divine plan would always be that the beginning of kingship. This is all the same scenario of Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David. There's that concept that there's always a two-step process in any development of uh, kingship or 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 salvation on a big scale. It's always a two-step process. And this is the whole concept uh, as we're gonna get into next week, the daughter uh, Leia and Rachel. And the idea being that when we, uh, the concept being in spirituality, it's always sur meira vaseitov, stay away from evil and do good. When you're trying to bring godliness into the world, that means you want to create a sort of upheaval of the world status. That's what Judaism really did. It created an upheaval. That's really what it did, It was changing the world. Now, when we wanna change the world that's a pagan world, where are you gonna start from? You gotta start from pushing away the evil. You gotta either destroy the evil or convince the evil, whatever. The evil's gotta be out of the picture. And then the, the, the good can then be, can flourish. So it's a two-step process. And you see this consistently throughout the Jewish history, starting with the argument between Yosef and his brothers. The big argument between Yosef and the brothers was, where are we holding in Jewish history at this time? The fact that Yaakov came back to Eretz Yisrael, and he had his children, and they were flourishing in Eretz Yisrael, did that mean now the Messianic era is, has, come, has come? And now we flourish, as it were, and so to speak, Yaakov has been able to avoid the evil of Lavan and Esav. Was that the Sur And now we're in Eretz and and now it's time to bring on the Messianic process. And that's why the brothers thought that someone, a son of Leah, would be the leader of us, uh, or because uh, quite Leah was quite expressive. Remember, Leah was the one who thanked Hashem for her children, and that's who Yehuda was. Now I'm thanking Hashem. That's expression of asaytov, gratitude to Hashem, a vote Hashem in a positive way. That or Yose said, "I'm sorry to tell you guys, we're not there yet. There's a lot more evil that has to be resisted." before we're going to be the Jewish people now he he did not know at the time that he's going to end up in Egypt but he understood there was a lot of evil that still has to be overcome and that was the issue between the brothers and eventually what happened (laughs) Yosef was right Yosef was right, they went down to Egypt he was the leader he was the one able to get the Jews to overcome the Surmeira, but the Jews didn't pick up on that enough, and unfortunately it didn't pan out to become a messianic time. It would be delayed for quite a while, till we can go into Eretz Yisrael. Okay? And then when Amalek fights, who has to fight against Amalek? It's Yehoshua, who's a descendant of Rachel. So that's how you get rid of them. And you have to know when your place is. And Yehoshua takes the Jews into Eretz Yisrael, conquers the land of Israel, gets rid of these pesky, uh, what do you call it, uh, Canaanites, and that's all going according to plan. Ah, but the point of the matter is you have to know how to transition things. And, And had the Jewish people not been so insistent on having a king prematurely in the times of Shmuel... So they got something they wanted. So what did they get? They get a king, but they couldn't get the messianic king. So they get Shol. And what's Shol's job? Shol's job is finish off Amalek. Okay? This is all as a descendant of Rachel. And that's Yosef. That's all Mashiach ben Yosef. And he failed as well. Now, he failed. And now... Shmuel says okay now there's going to be another king now who's the next king it's going to be David and David is a descendant of Leah and therefore and that's the messianic king now what Shaul should have done was graciously handed the baton over in other words what was Hashem thinking what was Hashem thinking of course there's many midrash ultimately the king has to be from Yehuda." That's the mazal, so to speak. So, so Scholl had a problem with that, obviously. Or what, we don't want to get into the psychology but of. of told Scholl, okay, it's time to leave. Well, no. Well, first of all, Shmuel told him clearly. Yeah. Shmuel said, "I picked someone better than you." Oh. That's clear. And, re- and remember when he ripped grabbed Shaul's jacket and ripped it? He says, "See, your your kingdom is ripped." Future. So he should have graciously handed it over. That's what it should have been, and that was the whole idea—always a gracious handing over. It's two steps: you do the first step, and now because that's your skill set. But Shaul proved that it wasn't really—he didn't succeed even in his skill set because David had to finish off a little of that. You see what's going on over here? If Shaul would have done exactly what he should have done. Had Shaul killed Amalek out, then what would have happened, That then David would emerge or Shaul could have lived a longer life. And then when the baton had to be passed on, <coughs> and you see, um, Yonason. Yonason was very happy to let it go. But this would have been Shaul as being a successful king. And it's a successful king. And then the Navi would say, thank you very much, you did a great job Hashem's will is now it's going to be David and that would have been a real nice transition and then David HaMelech would not have had to kill so many Amalekis because really Shaul could have been the one killing all the Amalekis and then Hashem wouldn't have to tell David you've killed too many people so you can't build a temple it just seems okay it's... you understand how one mistake yeah, it's leads to an, it's, it just keeps keeps going over there and therefore so David can't be he initiates the Davidic line but he can't be the one to build the base of Mingdush. Shoal builds the base of Vigdash really it should not have been him either so to speak in the original plan and then he makes his mistake too but the point being there's always this two two back and forth so now we messed up so now we gotta go back to Gullus again and again and again and then it's ultimately in the Mashiach scheme again There's the Mashiach ben Yosef, the Mashiach ben David. As you see, there's so much wickedness in the world, right? Out of control wickedness. Mashiach can't come with all this wickedness. There's got to be some leader who destroys the wickedness. And then we're able to have that Mashiach ben David. And, of course, we're told, uh, we know the Mashiach ben Yosef is going to have to die. Okay, so... Don't ask me who is that going to be and what is that. You no, know, there's all kinds of suggestions. If you want to hear what radical people have to say, I could just share it with you. Doesn't necessarily agree with it. Many people said that the Moshe Ben Yosef was Mayor Kahana, but uh, Mayor Kahana, was you, a, you uh, never heard, uh, heard of him? Yeah. No, yeah, we I, don't know But He was. I me? mean, I'm, Ooh, you know, he, I'm, the right I'm, idea. he right was right. not. He was not approved by the great rabbis, but he was a. He was a very talented person. He was a very great person. He was an incredible orator. And he was incredible. Right. <laughs> and he was incredibly right. Yes. You know. Yes. Yes. A little, right. ma- yeah. little bit ahead of his time. If, you, yeah. if you're yeah. interested, yeah. Yeah. you should look up at who he is. Because I, I, <laughs> I, I, I remember when, when I was that. in high school. When I was in high school. I met him. <laughs> and uh, there we, had, we had a small class. So we had one kid who came from Russia. So you're talking now. I graduated in '74. So he came with his family from Russia. This was even before the gates opened up from Russia. Izzy Lemberg, I remember his name. I never could forget. So he comes in our class. He was way behind because you know he didn't know a lot. You know, and we didn't have all that kind of Kirov then. He was a Russian, like like a real Russian. And uh, he met Mayor Kahana, and wow the Mir Kahana did a lot for Russian Jewry too. He was just what? What's the word? Taken by him, and he became part of the JDL and this and that. But what do you see at JDL? What is what is? Now again, there's the corruption of JDL. Everything you know could be a good start. Kahana had the right ideas, but then you get followers. So who's going? David Amelech, think about this. It wasn't David Amelech the JDL? In a certain way, because yeah, yeah. he had to kill the the, the yeah, yeah. Philistines. Remember when he was on the run? Whenever he found some uh, Amalekis, boom, uh, boom just yeah. go kill them. So the idea of being a JDL, Nick. Uh, so um, so he wa- believed in that that you have to destroy, like Imamish said, get rid of the Palestinians. This was in the '60s. we were talking about when, when we it was parents. such a small Indian, just That's throw them right. out yeah. and yeah. be and finish. Oh, oh, oh. and what the government did to him? Wow. You think what they did to Trump was bad. What they did to him was worse. Okay, and he was a really brilliant rabbi, and he was like a a forward thinker. He was a forward thinker. But the one thing, his problem was, he wouldn't be machnia himself. He wouldn't subjugate himself to what the big rabbis would say. And I remember, I remember my Rosh Hashira of Gifters, the Kronel of Racha, this would be 1978. Uh, this is just about, or seventy nine, just about the same time as the Zionism is racism thing in the UN. I remember, Shiva gave shmos about on Hanukkah. It was right oh, wow. around this time, and America many times got thrown into jail because you know he would uh, protest and things like this. I don't know. So uh, and then uh, he in jail and he had all this. And I remember the the. Big rabbis were very much against his tactics. Of you know, we fight them back and this and that. And and, and Rashi said, yes. And he's sitting in jail. He's sitting for a cause. He says he and and they say he has dynamism. So he says, and Rashi said, you have to be careful that this dynamism does not become dynamite against Claudius Yisroch, because he says we're gullis. We have to have a lower profile. Anyway, it was he was not approved by the big rabbis, and ultimately he was assassinated. But the point being, all I'm saying, the point being, the uh, Mashiach Ben Yosef, which I don't think he was the Mashiach Ben Yosef, but he's going to have to have that kind of personality, but in a in a softer way, so to speak, more accepted uh, by others. And well, I don't know. You want to say it's the you know, Tzahal, whatever. I mean, but it's got to be a, a, a real tzaddik. Uh, so I don't know. So, uh, no, they're saying Chabad is saying the is Mashiach Ben David. He's coming back to life. Okay, that's another discussion right? for another time. I don't want to get into. But the point being, the point being, there has to be a Mashiach Ben Yosef who has to um, peacefully transfer the power. It'll happen peacefully because he'll be killed no he'll be yeah, killed yeah, no, I, I'm, hear, I'm hearing you but what I'm hearing is that this war, these war these are like war kings which are great when they're fighting the enemy and then you know now it's time to change and they don't want to give up power. no I don't know about this maybe Sheikh Ben Yosef he'll, he'll just die in in battle or whatever and then he'll, he'll would have happily would've, we, we, I don't know I don't know what history hasn't happened yet but there's going to be, and there's all kinds of people who think it was already. There's all kinds of discussion. Nobody really knows anything. We, we just know the broad strokes. We know, you know, when it's all over, we'll be able to say, oh, that was Mashiach, and you'll say, this is Mashiach, Ben David. So, but, what, why did I get off this topic? First of all, it's interesting. But, second of all, this idea of the mazel of Shaul and the mazel of David. That's what Hashem is saying. Since Shaul's mazel, and it doesn't matter whatever he would have done, even if he would have given it over, he would not be ultimately the king. And therefore, when he made a mistake already, so that he gets out faster, you, no matter how many mistakes you'll make, you're destined because of the greatness. David had a certain destiny, we'll say, because of the genes inside of him, of Yehuda, Yehuda really showed what it means to be a proper king. For the things that Yehuda did in the next few parshas, he, in his gene... That is what a real king is supposed to be. So his descendants carry that gene. And some will display it better, some worse. But only that's the king gene. That's the Mashiach ben David gene. And uh, he had it. So David had it. So even if he makes mistakes, he's not going to lose it. But of course, David did incredible tshuva. It's not like, well he's destined and therefore he's no matter what he does, everything's fine. No. He made mistakes. He was human. His mistakes, though, were not in how to be a king. The mistakes was in other we'll say character moral issues. As a human being, he makes mistakes and he does tshuva. Remember, the Baal tshuva can grow to be higher than the king. So therefore, he didn't get lost because he had a good mazel. Because he had to continue to survive. Now he also did a lot of tshuva, which didn't hurt the cause either. So that's what's going on over here. So therefore, Hashem is kind of criticizing David, although David certainly didn't. He respected Shaul a lot. He he had a chance to kill Shaul, he wouldn't kill him. But I said, don't think that you know it was so. You were so great. I mean, he was David was great, but you should know. You're lucky you had a good muscle that you had to remain and be the king. In other words, David could never have been killed, in spite of whatever he was doing. This is oh. a share. David could never have been killed. Don't you find it odd that Shaul and all his men—he's got the whole Israeli army behind him. Don't you think Israelis get terrorists sooner or later? Now remember, Shoal thought David was a type of a terrorist. Okay, incorrectly. Um, Don't you think he couldn't find him? I mean, the Judean hills are not that big. Okay? And he had the whole Israeli army behind him. Couldn't find him? And you know all the stories. He almost caught him, and then the spider comes along and puts the web over there. So obviously, Hashem, that was his destiny. David couldn't. David didn't know that at the time. He's saying all his Tehillim and everything. But now, when it's the end of uh, what he's later on, he's saying, oh, you think. Uh, you were so great, you're lucky you had a good muscle. That you find uh, Hashem gives certain people certain destinies <laughs> that they're meant to achieve. And that's why we'll just end off with this Pasuk. Heinu, that's why it's written in there, in David's Tehillim, in response to the rebuke, you have chapter 7 that says Shigoyan leDavid, a song of the Shiga'on which is a type of musical instrument, but here's Shiga'on from the word shikia, error. He now is making a psalm to acknowledge his error. Asher shor la Hashem kush ben Yamini which is song regarding kush, the son of Yamini. Who's kush? He Shemo? It was his name kush? No. Lo shol His name was shol. So why was he called kush? Elama kushi, just like a kushi. Okay. Is what? Is meshuna ba'oro is unusual in the skin type. Dark skinned people. Usually uh, Jews are Caucasians. And kush is dark skinned. And just and uh, not necessarily ugly, but the fact is 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 uniquely different. When you're in a white country and there's one black person, it's it's very it shows not, not bad or good, it just sticks out. It's prominent. It's prominent. Okay. Just like a kushi is prominent, I'm show Mishuna the mice of his deeds good deeds were prominent he was completely righteous the point being Shaw was completely righteous he didn't have a good mazel and because of that mazel his test was to overcome it and he, he didn't but now that ends this now the, tomorrow's segue see how we segway, segue, segue. now we're going to give a lot of examples where someone was called a kushi and they weren't black but they were prominent like a kushi and which one comes to mind right away? Obama. Obama. Okay. I'm not talking about (laughs) Russia. The wife of Moshe, Sipura. what's called a kushi. So tomorrow we get into the subject of black is beautiful. All right, Mr. Cohen. What?